Duke Energy offers these tips for understanding your bill. Check the number of days in your billing cycle. Most bills are for 30 days, but there are times when the billing cycle is shorter or longer. If there are more days in the bill, it could be higher. And if you have a smart meter, check online to see if a daily usage analysis tool is available. Smart meters collect usage information by the hour, so checking spikes throughout the month, by the day, and even the hour can show what appliances and behaviors are increasing your bill. Residential customer service specialists are available Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. by calling 1-800-521-2232. Duke Energy presents Conversations About Living Young with your host, Marina Kears, Executive Director of Hendricks County Senior Services. Great. Well, good evening and welcome to Conversations About Living Young. I am Marina Kears, the host of uh, the Conversations About Living Young show, and I'm the Executive Director at Hendricks County Senior Services. Our mission is to help older adults live as independently as possible for as long as possible in the home of their choice. And so we do that by providing a variety of services and making sure that older adults and family caregivers in our community have connections to resources in the community. And so I'm excited today to introduce Eric Bell to um, to the audience, but also um, to hear from him a little bit about uh, his business, which is the David A. Hall Mortuary in Pittsburgh. He is the funeral director there, and he has been in this line of work for 25 years. Um, the reality is that we will all at some point die, um, and so it's it's wonderful that we have services and available that are available in the local community that can be a support to families during that time. And we've all all been there, and we want it to be. Uh, as, as positive as it can. So thank you, Eric, for coming out and uh, for spending some time with me this evening. Well, you're quite welcome. It's a privilege to be here. Yeah, well, thank, thank you. you. Yes. So um, I it, do want to clarify yeah. that even though I've been in the funeral business 25 years, I'm not that old. And so <laughs> it's, it's really important for me for everyone to understand I'm not that ancient. Yeah, yeah. So I started when I was 13 at the funeral home in Frankfort, Indiana. Okay. So is it a family? Uh, no, my dad was okay. a firefighter and the funeral director in my hometown had a classic car collection and I was... Um, quite an annoyance to him hanging around to mess with those cars. And so by the time I was hanging around day after day, I was put to task to do some of the general maintenance around the funeral mm -hmm. home. So I got to start at the funeral home by mowing the yard, spreading gravel, washing cars. Mm -hmm. And now in my role, I get to mow the yard, spread gravel and wash cars and also do everything else. Yes. So I've never seen my duties lessened Change. just yeah. increased over the years <laughs> yeah so that's that's part of that small business ownership yes and, which yeah, i love wonderful. i like having a hands-on approach to everything well i, I was a uh, general manager of a large uh corporate style funeral home uh and i really wanted to uh get back to that authentic small town feeling. Mm -hmm. And that's what came to uh, pass when I purchased the funeral home. Great. So and that's how we operate today yeah, yeah. in Pittsburgh. It is currently the David A. Hall mortuary where, uh, and it has been that since 1978, but the funeral home has actually started in 1913. It was the yeah. McConaughey family, then the Gregory family, which were the children of the McConaughey's. Mr. Hall purchased it in 1978 and I purchased it two years ago. And um, we're in the process of changing the name uh, to better reflect who we are today. Okay. So, You'll see that change in the coming months. Okay. Good. Yeah. Well, so great. that's where we're at. Well, wonderful. Well, I'm sure that um, operating a funeral home and, a, and the services that you provide is intriguing to people. So what's the most common question that you get asked from the kind of man on the street? They find out what you do, you introduce yourself. What, what do people ask you? Yeah. Um, it, you want to 
kind of keep it in your back pocket that you're a funeral director when you're at a, a dinner party because if not <laughs> that's the the consuming conversation yeah, of the okay. evening i always say tell people you sell life insurance if you want to part the seas <laughs> but uh you know which i also am a life insurance license agent uh because we have to have that to sell pre-need insurance okay. in, in indiana so but yeah i always chuckle about that nobody cares about the life insurance side of my business mm-hmm. uh, questions are very very far ranging mm-hmm. and sometimes from the comical to the grotesque yeah. to the absurd to um, everywhere in between. Mm-hmm. And children have the best questions. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I can believe I, that. I love to speak to school children. Yeah. So well, that's great. My favorite quote ever was this kid back when I was still in Frankfurt. He asked me if when his grandmother passed away, if I could make her look like J-Lo. <laughs> and? I, I said, yeah, we could, it's, it's one of the packages we offer. <laughs> The JLo package. So we were very happy to uh, to accommodate that when Grandma Jones died. No, nice. But for um, in all seriousness, um, sometimes the questions are sad. Mm-hmm. I think people get this misconception, and and largely due to creepy old undertakers yeah. that undertakers are creepy and old. Mm-hmm. And um, while the work we do is quite hard, um, the people behind it are by and large very kind and mm-hmm. caring people. Right. So it's. It's a business, but it's also a a ministry, Mm -hmm. and so we're happy to care for people during this time. Well, that's just it, is families are going through something really challenging, and and for some, I'm sure it's the first time they've ever had to make that call, um, or to, and especially if something isn't expected. Um, So you you do see people in really difficult times of their lives, and and the folks that do the work that you do see people in really hard times. Well. Uh, the, the average statistic is a family experiences a death once every 15 years. Okay. And so if you think about, you know, if you bought a car every 15 years, what a bewildering experience that would be. Mm-hmm. Or if you bought a uh, house every 15 years, you know, in, you know, any exposure to that, it's, it's, it's a difficult transition and it's a life transition mm-hmm. because you've gone from someone being present with you to not. And mm-hmm. so it's not just a transaction so mm-hmm. that it's our job to help people through a in an experience a difficult mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. and that it's a great privilege to be part of that so what's the biggest change you've seen in the last 15 years across the industry or across um people's expectations or planning cremation is uh increased in prevalence uh the funeral business was very ill prepared for that uh, so what cremation looked like even when i was a kid was just someone came in we signed a piece of paper, did a cremation, and returned a box. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a real error of the funeral business. Because what people were saying when they, what people say when they want cremation, I don't even know that they fully ex- understand what they're asking for. Um, there are five forms of legal disposition in the state of Indiana. Okay. Burial, anatomical donation, entombment removal from the state, and cremation. Okay. So all the act of cremation simply is, is the final disposition of a human body. So it has the same legal equality as burying someone. Uh, So when you walk in, no one would walk into the funeral and say, I want to be buried. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No one would walk into the funeral and say, I'm here to be entombed. Mm -hmm. You know, so, but people will walk in and say, I want to be cremated. Mm -hmm. And so what that error was, was that, Funeral directors assumed when someone wanted to be cremated, they did not want a service. Mm -hmm. And so what we have worked hard to do, especially at my funeral home, is to encourage people to have a full service where they can view their loved one 
and then move forward with cremation if that's your choice, is to not remove that component of it. I mean, people, people get confused why we have open casket funerals and visitations. The whole concept, and like I tell people, we didn't just put this idea together last week, you know, <laughs> to go look at deceased people in caskets. I right. Mean, these were institutions that were created over thousands of years to help people say goodbye mm-hmm. and why we do it that way. Mm-hmm. So we, we psychologically, when we see the deceased person, uh, in their best state, is to be able to psychologically separate that person from being alive with us mm-hmm. to psychologically identify that person to being deceased. Mm-hmm. And while that's incredibly hard, and, and I'm rightfully so, it's a big component of the grieving process. Mm-hmm. I tell people a lot of times when somebody walks and says, I just want a cremation, I just want to be put in a box, thrown away, I hear that kind of thing all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, it's great for you that you want that, mm-hmm. but you're really robbing your family of the opportunity to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, our busy little minds that we like to control everything and be the you know masters of our domains, um, we don't get out of the psychological grieving process. Yeah. We don't get to just circumvent that. Mm-hmm. And no act or decision that you make as a person can take that away. And so I tell people often the phrase I use is, we don't get to go around grief. Mm-hmm. We have to go through it. Mm-hmm. And the more you try to hide it, the harder and more ugly it will come out yeah. later on down the road. Yeah. So that's why, you know, I've seen that be the biggest challenge. Um, the other big challenge is a lot the rise of what I call the, the cheap service or the, the cost-based consumer. Um, and, and where that's come from is big operations based out of usually a larger city like Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, not to name any names, obviously, but there's several. They're trying to work on a volume business, mm-hmm. and I think that's that is not what I got into the funeral business mm-hmm. for. I, I, you know, trying to you know, do a wham bam, you know, cremate 800 people in a week sort mm-hmm. of thing, and just not help people through the experience mm-hmm. of losing someone. It's really, you know, it's a harsh term, but they've become a body disposition mm-hmm. service, mm-hmm. and that is not what. I don't believe that's what the function of a funeral director mm-hmm. or an undertaker truly is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's come up. And um, what's difficult is, you know, people will see this price on a TV ad and they don't even know what they're getting. Mm-hmm. And I encourage everybody that sees one of those ads just to do a simple Google search and read the reviews. Mm-hmm. And 99% of the time, you will immediately see someone that's left a review about a bait and switch situation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's horrible because mm-hmm. somebody walks in, they think they're going to, it's, has anybody ever actually gone to the car lot and got that $90 a month Silverado? Right. right. You know, nobody. It's important to think about doing your research, no matter what it is. Um, yeah, even if it's asking excellent. the neighbors or, um, uh, talking to family and friends, but you can get online too. If you don't have anybody to ask, there's so much information available. Mm -hmm. You know, we've worked very hard to be a member of our community and, um, I'm very proud that I don't have to sit here and say these things about myself. Mm -hmm. You know, we have over 800 followers on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. We have, we're the highest reviewed funeral home in the county. Uh, if you want to go look at Google reviews, yeah. that's perfect. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously I'm here to talk in generalities, but 
a segue in what you're saying is um, just read the reviews yeah. on funeral homes. Yeah. Every funeral home in this county and in surrounding areas yeah. has a Google review for yeah. you to check it out. Sure. And you think about going through a really difficult time and um, you don't want it to be any harder than it has to be. And so if a little research can help or if you're not the one to do it, to ask another family member yeah. to do it is a good idea. Absolutely. Yeah. There's. And, you know, when you call funeral homes, unfortunately... I think it's bad. People call and say, how cheap is your cremation? Yeah. Well, that doesn't cover the story at all. Yeah. You know, yeah. would you call a doctor and say, how cheaply do you do a surgery? Mm -hmm. How cheaply can you take my tooth out? <laughs> how cheaply can yeah. you fix my foot? Yeah. You know, that purchasing based on cost doesn't always work out. Yeah. And I can't think of too many situations where, you know, I want the cheapest mechanic. Mm -hmm. I want the, you know, to roll my family down the highway in this car. <laughs> you know, it's, I want the cheapest tires to go to across the country on a trip on, mm -hmm. you know, cost has become very prevalent. Yeah. That segue, you know, from what you'd asked about the most biggest changes, that's truly the biggest change in the mm -hmm. last 25 years. So what does the future look like? So 15 years from now, um, you know, if you get online and, um, or on Facebook, you might see those pods that, you know, you, a body grows into a tree and there's lots of interesting ideas about what a, and um, that's a gimmick. <laughs> there's really lots is. of interesting gimmicks well, I mean, or whatever they are out there. And I had somebody ask me about that. Yeah. I mean, cremated remains are the skeletal structure of an individual mm -hmm. that have been compacted down to a fine powder. Mm -hmm. So it's not an organic material, mm -hmm. it's calcium. Mm -hmm. And so... If you went out to the landscaping company in Lisbon and bought a tree and put the cremated remains in it, it'd be the same mm -hmm. thing. So to spend you know thousands of dollars for this thing is mm -hmm. kind of illogical. Mm -hmm. So again, you know that's when you've made a consumer decision based on an ad, right. not on right. some kind of knowledge. Right. And you know I helped a family through that not too long ago. They wanted that exact thing, and we right. went and bought a nice tree together and they had a full-size tree not just a little seed that was yeah. in some dirt and that's it. meaningful yeah. then it, it's very similar to why you'd plant flowers at the cemetery right. yeah right so yeah yeah so other than the 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 trees um what what else do you see in the future so as people are planning what are things that they well, might think of that don't exist now it's kind of the great unknown we have the most complex generation of people getting ready to die yeah. and that's the baby boomers mm -hmm. and they are notorious for wanting to control everything in their lives mm -hmm. and uh and rightfully so you know they've seen the most radical amount of change of any generation that's existed mm -hmm. uh so that's where that desire to control their future comes from i believe um so it's the largest population that the united states has ever had mm -hmm. so funeral businesses in general are very ill prepared for that mm -hmm. um mortuary school attendance has plummeted mm -hmm. um i'm very excited about this um trades tradesperson movement that's coming up because yeah. to be a funeral director really is a trade school mm -hmm. you go to a two-year education for being a funeral director uh and then you become a licensed individual through that means mm -hmm. after you've do your internship and a mm -hmm. test and lots of that stuff. But uh, the funeral business is not prepared for that generation to come up. It's mm -hmm. the largest death rate that will ever occur in our society. Mm -hmm. So as I get to be about 40 years old, 45, that's I have to work harder than I ever in my whole life. Mm -hmm. and, and that's great, and I'm honored to do that. But I think funeral homes that are kind of still doing the cookie-cutter, old-fashioned funerals, that is not what's going to work for baby boomers. Mm -hmm. uh, they want personalization. They want it their way, mm -hmm. how they want it. And the way they're achieving that is pre-planning funerals. Mm -hmm. And funeral homes are not 
engaged in that process, it's really difficult. So, you know, we pre, we pre-plan three to four families a week on average. Okay. And so I can't speak to what other funeral homes do, obviously, but uh, it's a big effort on a lot of funeral homes to do pre-planning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can touch on that in a little bit if you've got another question. But uh, yeah, that, that's our biggest challenge is how to handle the baby boomer generation coming up. So if somebody thought that they probably should begin pre-planning their funeral, um, where would you tell them to start? Is it... Well, I'd obviously tell them to start at my funeral home. No, I'm just playing. (laughs) But uh, they, um, it's a decision that everyone should make. This is, this is what I really tried to get the message out. Um, You need to understand the backstory of what pre-planning even is. Mm -hmm. In the 1980s, there was a large corporate acquisition movement of funeral homes, Mm -hmm. and so where people always went to Smith Funeral Home or always went to Bell Funeral Home or Fields Funeral, whatever. I'm just making up names. Um, these large companies, conglomerates, a couple of them, started buying up small mom-and-pop funeral homes. And so what they would do is leave the name on the sign and then operate them as a corporate Mm -hmm. location. So what they came up with was this idea that if we can get people to come in and prepay their funeral, Mm -hmm. that'll lock in their business and they won't go to the competitor. Mm -hmm. And it gets... It's a very complex story. Mm-hmm. So when they started offering that, all the mom and pop funeral homes had to start offering that. And so then the laws were adjusted as such in Indiana, which I disagree with, that a non-licensed person, anybody off the street, can sell a prearranged funeral. Okay. And so larger funeral homes started doing that to make commissions. Because mm-hmm. what happens in Indiana, if you walk in, and it's important that people know this, if you walk in and give us $10,000 for a funeral. The funeral home doesn't keep any of that money. Okay. It is put into a trust or an insurance or an escrow product. The insurance side of things, like any life insurance policy, has a commission. Mm-hmm. So what I personally do with that commission is put it back in the policy because when you prepay the funeral, it guarantees the cost of the funeral going forward in okay. perpetuity. And that was the gimmick that was created. Right. No other business would do that. Right. I, I can't walk over to the Ford dealership and say, hey, can I get a 2040 Ford that I can make payments on for 25 <laughs> years for today's price? Right. No way. Right. Uh, it's just... No one would do that. Mm-hmm. So what has happened with that whole backstory is um, pre-arrangement and prepayment have become intertwined. Mm-hmm. That yeah, you, that makes sense. That to you me, somehow that's how that happened. Yeah. That's become enmeshed because the commission salespeople want you to believe that. Mm-hmm. There's that's absolutely not true. Mm-hmm. And so everyone, everyone should be pre-planned. Right. It's not in everyone's best interest to prepay. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, if your personal investments are achieving in a growth outside of 2 to 3% a year, which is the average cost of a funeral being increased, there's no need for you to take $10,000 out. Mm-hmm. However, if you're concerned about finding yourself in a Medicaid situation, it's a protected asset. Mm-hmm. So you should prepay. Mm-hmm. If it gives you peace of mind um, to prepay, yeah, great, do it. Yeah. But it's not a universal solution. But everyone should preplan. Mm-hmm. You know, I personally have pre-planning forms available. It's just a little folder that okay. you can go through, write down your wishes, what your thoughts are. That should be stuck on file at whatever funeral home you want to be using. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would assume every funeral home would offer something like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when you see these big companies, they'll say, call and get this pre-planning guidebook. You're our gift to you. Mm-hmm. Well, of course you're going to give them this gift. <laughs> you know, yeah. Everyone should have something to write your thoughts down on. Mm-hmm. Nobody has a hard time picking out a casket for mom. Okay. 
everyone has a hard time remembering their mother's mother's maiden name. Mm-hmm. The stuff that needs to go everyone in an obituary. Or, yeah. Everyone has a hard time yeah. with that. And so no one has a hard time picking out what color vault they want for mm-hmm. the cemetery mm-hmm. or what kind of urn they want. Mm-hmm. Because in honesty, that stuff is all for them at that point. Right. It's not for the deceased. Mm-hmm. And I tell that to people all the time, especially when they're picking out vaults. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, that's a very complex thing. You know, say, uh, and vault is an industry term. It's really legally called an outer burial container. That is not required by law. <laughs> uh, so what happens is, uh, y- you know, people don't have a hard time with the stuff. Mm-hmm. They have a hard time with the planning and mm-hmm. the memories that weren't left behind. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I encourage everybody to come out and get a planning guide. Even if you don't want to use it at my funeral, yeah. that's a gift you really need to give to, to, other fa- to your family is to have that information on file. What areas cause the most tension with, say, siblings? So we, we often work with siblings through caregiving, which can be really challenging. And then after caregiving, then there's, you know, if somebody passes away, then you have a new set. But so what kind of decisions do you think um, cause challenges if they haven't already been predecided by the family member? The biggest decisions are when, mm-hmm. how, who gets to speak, what songs played, yeah. what mom gets dressed in. Um, you know, I'm always thrilled when two brothers walk in cause they, you know, what flowers do you want? That's fine. That's fine. Those are fine. Oh, that's great. That's right. great. Do you want to dress for mom? Yes. Pink. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. But you know, women are so much more caring and empathetic mm-hmm, than those men are. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, these decisions get tremendously emotionally amplified. Mm-hmm. And I tell people every arrangement, you will say things to one another you wouldn't normally say. Mm-hmm. You will be offended by things that you could care less about mm-hmm. any other time. And my grandfather died last month. And I've been carting things I want out of my grandparents' house for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. And then when I went upstairs to get his suit, I found a typewriter in her closet. And I brought it down and my mamaw said, now, where are you going with that typewriter? You know, and she could, it's in something she even had seen yeah. in a hundred years and could care less about. But yeah. all of a sudden, things that are so uh, irrelevant before become so important. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be very sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. I have to be very sensitive to that to the families. Mm-hmm. But I have to also help guide them in understanding that, mm-hmm. that, that it's very, it's, a, it's an odd time mm-hmm. with odd emotions. Mm-hmm. And all of them are fair and all mm-hmm. of them are valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's really true. We've had other guests on that talk just about grief and change. and yeah. um, It's a get... radical diversion from your regular pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you've never done it before. Yeah. Or it was 15 years ago. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are the things that you wish people would communicate to their families then? What their wishes are. But what I really wish, I wish the question would be inverted a little bit mm-hmm. because I, I think... I use this story about my granddad mm-hmm. many years ago. He said, he called me partner and he said, now partner, when I die, I just want you to throw me away. I don't care. You know, well, of course you don't care. Mm-hmm. And we're an old Kentucky family mm-hmm. where funerals are a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I said, do you want me to throw you away just like you did great grandma? Mm-hmm. And he loved his mother dearly. And I, he said, now he almost like came across the table. You know, <laughs> I love my mother. <laughs> I said, well, you don't think we love you that way. Mm-hmm. And that was a real, deer in the headlights kind of question for him. When people come in and prearrange a, circling back to what we started Mm -hmm. with, they come and prearrange what's called a direct cremation. They think they're sparing their family from this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I really wish people in the conversation, sure, it's great that you have all this biographical information down, but Marina, what do you need from me 
to help you through this time when I die? Mm -hmm. Now, that's a really tough question for people to ask Mm -hmm. because it puts them in the spotlight, Mm -hmm. and it's a light they don't really think about. Mm -hmm. But it's the family that's left behind that's got to pick up the pieces and Mm -hmm. heal from everything Mm because once you're gone, you're gone. Mm -hmm. And you can't help them with anything anymore. Mm -hmm. And trying to control things from beyond the grave, uh, you know, and when everybody's on the same page about what's going to happen beforehand, mm-hmm. and it's not, well, you know, this big shock when somebody walks in what dad planned. Yeah. Oh, he wants to be, you know, flown around the country. You know, well, okay, well, <laughs> we didn't have that in mind. But uh, yeah, it's, the communication with your family in advance is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it is with every situation. With everything. Yeah. 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 And I mean, and I think this whole conversation dovetails, intertwines with estate planning and mm-hmm. wills and do not put, do not put your will in a lockbox that you can't get to <laughs> at a bank without a death certificate. <laughs> do not put your pre-planned arrangements in a lockbox at a bank. All right, where do you tell people <laughs> you to store to them it. on the refrigerator? No. At the funeral home. <laughs> at the funeral home. <laughs> yeah, um, there's really practical things you think well, about. Sure. Where do you keep that? You yeah. know, where at should the funeral it go? home? <laughs> at the funeral home. Yeah. So you're a you're a trust, or or those in your position are in a trust of a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I've seen things that no person should see, and yeah. and no person should ever know about, and they don't because yeah. it stops with me. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's a wonderful trust that people can yeah. place in a in a community member in a in a community business. So. Um, Great. Well, I is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wish people knew um, before they came to you or that they knew about um, kind of s- small business ownership in our community? Um, well, I think people think if you own any business, you're just a gazillionaire and all yeah. this sort of thing. Um, I'm a regular guy with one daughter and a family, and mm-hmm. we're just trying really hard to help the community in every, mm-hmm. every way we can. Mm-hmm. And I think people are astounded when I tell them how expensive it is to actually run a funeral home. Yeah, I can believe that. And people go and um, I have kind of a few jokes I say about that. You know, we do everything that happens in a wedding mm-hmm. and we get two days to get it done. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so what takes six, seven months to put invitations together, get a venue, mm-hmm. get all the things. It's exactly the same thing as a wedding. We mm-hmm. just have a different star. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you condensed any wedding planning, which weddings already cost three times what a funeral costs. Yeah. If you condense that into any wedding, you say, okay, now you've got three days to get all this put together with Mm -hmm. cakes and cars and, you know, events and venues and musicians and this. I think funeral directors have a remarkable skill at Mm -hmm. pulling that sort of thing together Mm -hmm. very quickly. You didn't know your gift was in special event planning, did you? Yeah, I don't even know what my gift was. I was just a little country kid that (laughs) started You were just trying to wash cars at the parking lot. at the funeral home. (laughs) And that and... uh, My favorite joke, and I know one of our other sponsors is a plumber, Mm -hmm. I always say... um, you know, if you think funerals are expensive, call a plumber at two in the morning, have them work for you for five days straight mm-hmm. and tell me how expensive the funeral business mm-hmm. is. It's an, people don't get that it's an emergency service. Right. So everything we have has to sit idle and be available to every family mm-hmm. at all times, 24 hours mm-hmm. a day. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting yeah. that people don't see that perspective of yeah. it. And you I don't think about them. that as something you should appreciate. Right. But it, it, is a, it is a value to the community. And we've all been to services done well and those that you wish could have been better. Done a little and so better, yeah. There's, um, there is value. In, well, in, and I have a background in the performing arts, too. I was a, uh, that's how I paid for college. I played in a musical theater mm-hmm. and so, and the trumpet. And so 
I understand the stage production value of funeral mm-hmm. services, mm-hmm. and it is a production, it is an event, mm-hmm. and so that that all has to be considered. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, it's emergency and it's an event. It's a, all this stuff wrapped in one. I don't yeah. think people realize how complex the business truly is. Well, I think hopefully mm-hmm. now they have a little bit yeah, more information bit more about the behind the scenes. It's yeah. kind of an interesting. Uh, uh, topic. I don't yeah. think I've ever interviewed a, a, an, undertaker, an undertaker, as you called yourself. <laughs> a lot of them get very persnickety about that term. Yeah. We were originally undertakers, and then we became morticians, and then we became funeral directors, and now I hear all kinds of interesting concepts. Yeah. So I just stick with the original. I call myself an undertaker. <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you for your time. Thank Is there you. Any, um, where should people find out more? What resources, books, guides? Where do you? Where would you send them to? Is there an association? There is the National Funeral Directors Association. Okay. Our website has links to all that stuff. Okay, great. Uh, our website has a comprehensive list of grief resources. Great. And uh, just give me a call. Yeah. You know, I'm happy to talk to you anytime. Great. Uh, there is also some um, grief support groups that are listed um, on uh, Hendricks County Senior Services right. website. Uh, Hendricks Regional Health offers some groups. So there's resources for people that are hurting as well. Excellent. Yes. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Eric. It's good to have you. you. And thank you for joining us on Conversations About Living Young. We hope this conversation was interesting to you and helps you make some good decisions as uh, in terms of your family as well. Thank you. Have a good evening. This has been Conversations About Living Young with your host, Marina Kears, Executive Director of Hendricks County Senior Services. This program has been presented by Duke Energy. Duke Energy says in the event a customer is unable to pay a past due bill, customer service specialists are available to discuss a customer's situation and provide assistance to meet the customer's specific needs. And customers who have more than 12 months of usage history at their current residence may qualify for one of the billing and payment plans that gives customers the option of levelizing monthly payments. Residential customer service specialists are available Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. by calling one 800 521-2232.